The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. First of all, <laughs> welcome across the world to another exciting episode of the Riffs and Rants podcast. Hey, hello. I'm Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Jean Lee. And we're so happy to be with you here, especially because, A, I think we drank a little bit more than usual before this episode. Because, yeah, I mean, oh. not that we're keeping score, but this is true. we're keeping score. At least my well, wallet you know, is. It is a very celebratory occasion that we finally, finally? got a chance to open the show yes. with... Fox on the run. One of those rare, super-duper, serendipitous, if you will. Indeed. Uh, gems that we both agreed on and had it at the top of our yes. list. Yes. And this never happened before. Very rare. Very so, yeah. rare indeed. So, yeah, that was opening gem by Sweet, or sometimes known as The, the Sweet, Sweet, right? Yes. Uh, the song is Fox on the Run from their 1974 
album, Desolation Boulevard. Nice. And uh, that actually hit number one on the iTunes rock chart yeah. back in 2016 because it was on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack wow. volume two. 2016, no right. shit. Wow. Which, not for nothing, you know, we featured some songs on the first one, such as uh, Redbone, yep. Come and Get Your yes, Love. Yes, we did. And I love those soundtracks because, yeah, they just pulled some songs off the shelf yep. that were just so good. And instead of coming up with, like, you know, new soundtracks by this recent ne'er-do-well band or this <laughs> band, they were like, no, we're, we're going to do songs that everybody loves that we're just gonna, haven't heard in a while. We're going to bring it, yeah. Which really is is the, the whole M.O. behind our gems in the first place. Yes, absolutely. You know? And I got to say, I am, I am probably more excited about our selection of gems tonight than I Don't have been. Don't tip your hat just yet. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah. They're yeah. fun. Good stuff to come, folks. Good and stuff. And it's stuff that makes you want to just sit and relax and, and, and drink and or party. Indeed. Which we're not against that. Not at all. We're not against that. No, no. We're proponents, in fact. But of course, we still have to, you know, A, keep the trains running on time. Indeed, indeed. B, have one of the best podcasts out there amongst <laughs> a, a myriad of, of shit. And uh, yeah, basically fill the void created by the, uh, I guess, retirement of, of Alec Baldwin. But we'll get to that <laughs> another day. That piece of shit. Okay, God, so... God, were you waiting for that opportunity? Yes, Because yes, yes. I, I believe in all these people getting their comeuppance, especially... Ouch. ...those uh, who are part of the pop culture phenomenon, um, first penned by Andy Warhol, is that 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, and it, wasn't he the one who also said that karma's a bitch? Did he say that? I don't know. It, yeah, I think it is. I, think I always thought it was whoever was married to karma. Well, if he didn't say it, he should have. I'm going to let my joke just, just stay there. Wow, the crickets came out and everything. Awesome. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. My talent is wasted on this planet. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, what can All right, we do? so our main topic tonight is yes. uh, something that you had brought up several times. I was yeah. like, ah, get out of my face. But. Yeah, a point. And, and it's time to kind of follow up on some of the stories yeah, that think, we've done over the past year or in some cases longer. I think it's something that mass media is woefully, woefully uh, lagging mm -hmm. on. Is You know, they'll do a story, you know, absolutely shred somebody for, yep. you know, this life and the next three. And they don't ever bother to go back and, you know, give you an update on what's going right. on with that particular person or that particular thing. I but think if it's you think a about great it, though, oversight, you know? I mean... True, because mass media sucks, just sucks. Doesn't it, though? But I, I, I think sometimes it's kind of like going back to find out, well, where are they now? <laughs> these, these people that have a tendency to be famous for 15 minutes seem to also meet their demise quite early. Yeah. And when they fall, oh. They fall hard. It's, fall it's hard. like Icarus had it better than these people. Yeah, no they didn't doubt. just touch the sun. They touched the sun and imploded. Yep, yep. See, that's, yeah, benefits of a classical education, which <laughs> I'll we edit out books. and replace with that. Indeed. So, yeah, so this but episode, yeah. we're focusing on where are they now Indeed. with some of our hottest topics from the past year or so. Yeah. So uh, in no particular order, it's not a top three or anything like that. Yep. We're just touching on a few, and I think both of us in most cases took... You know, a little bit of notes on these. So Absolutely. Why don't you just throw one out at us there, Well, buddy? one of your most... Uh, uh, Unforgiving targets. Oh, it's got to be the Chrisleys. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll no. get to them. We'll get to them shortly. <laughs> no, we'll get to them. But no, we're talking about Greta Thunberg. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. All right. Thank you, Yoda. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but yes, Greta was in the news just recently. Uh, yes. Rather controversial protest in Germany. Um, one of the reasons why it was controversial was because it was... Uh, allegedly staged, or at least that was <gasps> the accusation. Oh, my. Yes, the Germans were not pleased about the accusation because Germans don't like being staged. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing over there. It's a thing. But uh, And, of course, she was at uh, Davos to protest the, uh, the head of uh, the Abu Dhabi National Oil uh, Company to be the head of the upcoming climate summit, mm -hmm. which I kind of agree with in a way. <laughs> I mean, I disagree with the fact that it's even being held in Dubai, yeah. which is, I think, why this guy is, is chairing it. But, uh, but yeah, it was kind of interesting that uh, that somebody was calling into question, you know, one of Greta's obvious 
you know, media moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whether or not it was staged. And, you know, we'll let people be the judge of. But uh, but the girl likes the spotlight. There's no doubt about you that. Yeah, she's 20 years old now. Is she really? Our little Greta is she's 20 up. years she's old. She's all yeah. grown up now. Still uh, got a face like a like an abused oh, librarian. Come I mean, on now. just yeah. So good luck. Is she Swedish? Is she Swedish? She is Swedish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And no one is sweet on her. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, but the other thing I, I found interesting with the story of her little um, little thing she put on there in Germany yes. was that the German police released her early as possible. Yeah, because of the recognition. Once I, they figured out who they she was, no part of no her. No part of her. Yeah. Get her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Which, in and of itself, is, is, is again... I can completely understand that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it fits with her in a perfect narrative, because She's really... She's who? What? Yeah. Get her out of here. Get her out of here right so now. So, before right it now. was, we can't vilify this little trollop because she's underage, and now it's, we can't vilify her because she's too well-known. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Really? And I will just say this, this whole dog and pony show at Davos... Yes. Good for her. I, I, in fact, if I had my druthers, I would have unleashed her upon them. It kind of kicks the whole full of shit scale into the red. It just, it really. Does. I already heard the total of all the, the the attendees. It was something like 170 private jets used for yeah. this event. You yeah. know, in I, Switzerland, no seems less. Seems to me, I read something in the Guardian about um, high-priced hookers. Like oh. jumping on planes and flying and out know there. What? The reality is, Michael, they could have done this via Zoom. Yeah. But no, then they can't all get together. Al Gore can't have his meltdown on screen so he gets relevant again. And they can't all get on private jets. Right. And completely, completely and probably interact with hookers. contradict sure. yeah, their whole thing. Um, you know, could cocaine be far yeah. behind? Now, That's... what would a Swiss hooker look like, I wonder? Is it like the Swiss Miss Coco uh... Girl with the braids? Or I mean, I don't know. I imagine it's pretty high-end stuff. I, you would I, think I would imagine. It can't be cheap. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I imagine that's yeah. That's she probably leaves a What I wonder is, pillow, is so. how you how you put that in your expense report. Oh, that's right. Now, how do you how do you write under that gratuity? In? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, gratuity. Have to. You have to. <laughs> what <laughs> is this? Two hundred dollars. It was very An good hour. room service. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Augusto, sweetheart, save some room for later. So, yes, moving right. right along. Who no. else have we got? What do you got, John? Who well, are you looking at? Uh, who we touched on? Oof. It's funny because I think, you know, when we're looking back, there isn't a specific episode that we can say, oh, yeah, we did Greta. Right. I think there was a lot of them that she Oh, came yeah, up, that's the thing. They're, they're kind of running characters, yeah, if you will, in our yeah. menagerie of shitbags. Indeed. Uh, well, and here's one meeting that <laughs> perfect description. <laughs> okay. One Megan Rapinoe. Oh, a favorite target yes, of Johnny uh, T, folks. Just uh, an idol to girls worldwide. She kind of gets under your skin, doesn't she? And I tell you what, because... Is it the rainbow um, hair that, that did it? No, because, well... In a way, because women with purple hair, I'm sorry, you look stupid. And mm. whatever that radish color is that used to be limited just to Armenian women, now everyone's got it. Yeah. I don't get that either, but that's just me. I'm a boomer. Indeed. But, you know, you're as not if a I. a boomer. I am. No, you're not. I'm old enough to be a boomer. You've got to be Gen X. I'm yeah. Gen X, and you're a year or two behind me. You're not a boomer. Well, I feel like a boomer because commercials aren't geared to me anymore. I'm All still right. having All a hard right. time dealing with that. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as if you didn't. No, you know, Megan Rapinoe is a very successful female soccer player yes. who has, uh, in recent years, turned into a crusader for you know, equal pay, for equal jobs and all this. And everything on the surface just looks amazing. God bless her. However, yeah. she's also a big fan of kneeling for the anthem and criticizing every aspect of the status quo that she can get her grubby little soccer hands on. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. she really hasn't been in the news uh, recently, she I don't. Hasn't. I can't. Well, the only toe she's What's got in that? the water at this time yeah. is still the uh, the dual lawsuit her and Susan Bird, the basketball okay. player, yeah. have going on against um, Dwayne Johnson and the XFL because their logos are so similar. Dwayne Johnson, yes, The, the Rock. Rock, yes, really. Oh wow! So, and if you look at it, yeah, there is a similarity. But as somebody that years ago worked extensively with logos and copywriting, right? Look, everything's been done. Yeah. And when it comes down to two things as inane as their group, which the name I, I, I can't even recall, yeah. and his XFL league, which is sure to die on the vine, <laughs> really, we, we, you know, it's not like you're, you're, you're copying Mr. Peanut, okay, yeah. or the Nike logo. Right. Just let it go. So, okay. But anyway, what but, but got, but got me and what stuck in my craw yep. 
is it's everybody they try and lift her up as a hero. She is, of course, a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think Joe Biden thought he was putting it on Joe Lewis that day because <laughs> she is kind of manly, but whatever. Ouch. But if you go to the uh, the U.S. Uh, Women's National Team website, okay. yeah, there is such a thing. Yeah. The snippet they use to describe her. All right, you done drinking? Because oh, you know, I want you to spit this out your nose. Here it comes. And I quote, an irresistible force on and off the field, playful, inventive, and out of the box. She injects the U.S. women's national team with the creativity and hunger she's had since she grew up roaming the fields in Redding, California. Oh, oh that's like, are you <sighs> trying to provoke Johnny Teflon? Are you trying it's to like, deliberately, yeah. Okay, because right underneath that was the one for Adolf Hitler. <laughs> A whimsical, playful lad who showed an aptitude in art and community organizing who engaged in some controversial activities after World War One. I've heard that about him. I mean, come on. Just stop with the, with the PR yeah, yeah. nonsense. A little over the top. A little over the top. So, yeah. So, it's a big, uh, big old nothing burger, Megan Rapinoe. Really not doing a whole lot these days. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along. These these folks came up uh, not too long ago in a uh, in an episode we did on pseudo celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're talking about Todd and Julie Christley, boy lovers. Sweet, yes. <laughs> well, Todd was fi- well. They, the, the two of them were finally ordered to report to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd was ordered to report down in Florida for his twelve year sentence. Did he squeal with glee when he got the news? I believe so. I believe so. I Let believe that, that sit TM- by itself on the T- show. Yeah. <laughs> I think TMZ has the soundbite on that one. And, of course, Julie was uh, supposed to report to a prison in Florida for her seven-year sentence, mm-hmm. but somehow she managed to weasel her way out of that. Weird. And uh, instead was, uh, was placed in a federal medical center in Kentucky. Now, that's odd because you would think that they might have wanted to stay... Relatively uh, close. closer together, because yeah. I think originally it might have been what Sarasota that they were kind of I believe so in yeah. similar institutions, not far from each other. Yeah, because inevitably they probably would have wrangled their way into a conjugal visit, most likely. Not that his dance card won't be full in there. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that uh, that they're yeah, gone. They were finally yeah. yeah. This yeah. is where you belong. <laughs> You know, fraud to the tune of, I believe it was, what, $30 million? Uh, Wow, you know what? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, they, they again, kicked the full of shit scales into the red, mm. and uh, and it caught up to them. And Combined 19 years in prison. Yes, that's really what we want to yes. say. Yet another example of karma coming to get you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, good luck with that, folks. Have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to the next yes, ne'er-do-well. Who else we got? How about uh, our little cherub-faced vigilante, Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh. Remember him? Oh, yes, I do. Shot and killed two or three people was during it? a protest. Yeah, it was two, it was you know. three, I think. Yeah. 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 And uh, captured the imagination of a nation for a couple days. Right. And was a very divisive figure because some people's like, he went there looking for trouble. And then the other people who drive, you know, pickups and would shoot somebody for looking at him crossways yes. said he was a hero and good for him standing uh, his ground. Of course and they did. So he managed to beat the rap and several riots later. I've heard this. He's tried to stay in the news has as he really? kind of a, um, I can't say community organizer because no community has accepted him yet. Right. But he's uh, trying to push his, his right wing agenda, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And he's upset because recently he had a couple uh, small events planned, which keep getting canceled everywhere that they're placed. Interesting. And the latest was in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. And he railed afterwards because he blames the woke mob of for course he does. standing in his yes. way. Yes. Um, yeah. He kind of strikes <laughs> me as someone who doesn't realize how fucked he is for life. Exactly. For life. Yeah, he should have taken that very just... I mean, sent from heaven, uh, <laughs> acquittal. Ooh. He should have took it and ran, yeah, and disappeared and, disappeared. and built a new life. Yes, and, and if there was anybody around him, like I don't know, parents, right? You know, who were looking out for the kids' well-being, mm-hmm. they would have seen that you have become a tool for right. other people, for other agendas that don't give a good goddamn about your right. well-being, and. It seems like that's just not happening yeah. here. So if you can go back in time and, and to that crossroads yeah. when everything happened, yeah, kind of like the first person that told Corey Feldman he couldn't sing, <laughs> you know? 
If you go back to that, and if you'd actually listen to them, yeah. look at the pain the world could have been spared up to this point. Indeed. Sad. Very sad. Ouch. You, sir. Yes, yes, yes got moving right along, moving right along. <laughs> in the menagerie. Yes, our, uh, our good friend, Brittany Griner. Oh, what a talented <laughs> young man, though. I'm going to say right now. Come on now. Very talented Come on young now. man. Brittany, bitch. Um, I don't think we really need to explain who Brittany Griner is. Brittany, bitch. Um, but uh, recently she uh, spoke in December about uh, her experience in Russia. And, of course, returning to the WNBA at her earliest opportunity, she implored her followers, and this was actually kind of cool, to write to Paul Whelan. Because mm-hmm. apparently when she was over there, she said that, you know, getting cards and letters from people, you know, totally kept her hanging on. And obviously there's some controversy around, you know, the the circumstances of her release mm-hmm. and the whole Victor Boot thing and, and the fact that Paul Whelan, you know, poor bastard, is still stuck in some gulag in Russia. Right. And, uh, and I thought it was actually really cool that she you know, ask people to write to this man. And I got to say, it's kind of weird. She just recently appeared in an MLK rally in Phoenix. No dreads. Mm-hmm. Very, very odd. That was her first public appearance since this happened. I think it was, yeah. And, you know, because of this, I got to kind of say, she, she's garnering more sympathy for me now than when she was being held. Really? Because there's a lot to be said for... All right, for lack of a better word, yeah. contrition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, she did what she did. The the punishment was way out of whack, and she was used as a political pawn. Obviously. But what she did, she did, and she should have known better. Okay. Yeah, no so doubt. for the longest time, my feeling was to marshalize national resources to free her ahead of other more pressing concerns. Yeah. Okay. I was In actually, this case, Mr. Whelan. I got to say, I was actually really impressed. I know. Her politics don't appear to you, but in private conversations between you and I, you know, you hit me with the bottom line, which was she was an American. Yeah. You know, aside from everything else, she's an American, and enough's enough. we got to get her home. Right. And I, that, that was impressive. Well, that, I Johnny. tell you what, it's, it's so much simpler than that, because eventually everything boils down to the mom joke effect, okay? <laughs> okay. And I'm going to put that in the Urban Dictionary. Very good. So in other words, uh, you can make fun of your mom as a day is long, because generally that's, that's fertile ground for humor. Yep. But the minute somebody else does it, Kill him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is this is the thing. Now, she was an American to be made fun of because she she screwed up and then the whole dog and pony show with the pundits and the media and everything. Yep. But at the end of the day, once they said they were gonna send her to this 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 hard, you know, labor concentration yeah, camp gulag, type deal, yeah. that as an American that pissed me off because she's still one of us. So yep. they yep. needed to like back off. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And uh kinda interesting, like I said, it's odd to see her without the dreads. On she looks taller. She does. She just looks taller. She does. I don't know. And she's, you know, she's back playing with the, with the Phoenix team. Um, it escapes me the name of the yeah. women's baseball team. Whatever. She's, she's doing that. Yep. And she appeared with a wife, and she was at the MLK parade. So you know what? Good for her. And hey, if she takes this as a positive experience, continues playing at a top level, and then once she retires, you know, she's got a built-in niche to be an advocate for so many things. Indeed. As well as a cautionary tale. Yep. That's what we'd like to see in a perfect world. There we go. So what, what else you got, got, Johnny? You got somebody? Yeah, I got somebody. Me. I know you got somebody. You had more yeah, than I did. I got somebody. You take the last one. Oh, God. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going back and forth between SBF and Central Park Karen. Go Central Park Karen. You think? Yeah. All right. Our girl Amy <laughs> Cooper, unfortunately, just Uh-oh. recently lost her lawsuit against her former employer. She mm-hmm. sued, you know, saying she was fired for dubious reasons, to say the least, said that there were other people uh, who had caused controversy and whatnot far exceeding her own, which is a little hard to believe, Yeah, and didn't get fired. She lost. The court disagreed. But on a happy note, she got her dog back. Well, there's that, although I feel bad for the dog. (laughs) So you're saying her defense of, yeah, I might be a racist piece of shit, but look at that racist piece of shit that's worse than me. That defense didn't work. No. Got it. No, what about ism did not fly with her. (laughs) And yes, folks, one of these days, sometime soon, we're going to have a show where Michael Sean Lee's going to go off on isms. Isms. What about ism? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work. Sorry. So overall, I mean, it sounds like... um, they're doing just as bad as they were, with the exception of maybe Brittany Griner. They're, they're doing just as bad as they were when we originally covered them. If not worse. Wow, some people never learn. Yeah. And that's why most people, to summarize, who yes. experience 15 minutes of fame, 
they're not Crushed. really yeah they're not uh, what's what's the word what type of figure um, uh, where you feel bad for them they're not sympathetic figures there we go so yeah, yeah. And, and just really quick SBF indicted <laughs> you're fixated on In, him I am I am I, I, just, pref- I, I prefer talking about his indicted. ugly troll girlfriend you know <laughs> Indicted and in deep shit, and I don't really need to elaborate on All that. Right, I don't think enough. I'm just amazed the guy's still alive. Maybe we can cut a deal for now. Yeah, we'll see if we can say that the next time we revisit 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> now, on that note, it's a great place to break into our, our mid episode. I could not agree more as we talk about something uh, equal parts uplifting and yet cautionary. Yeah. Which, of course, we'll get to when it's time. But our middle gem yes. comes to us by one of our mutual favorite rock bands. An inspired call, Johnny. Yeah, of course, Queen is what we're talking about. Yep. And this is their song called One Vision. And we're going to play this for you. And we'll be back in a couple minutes to explain why we played it, a little bit about it, and then move on ahead. <laughs>
bandage queen. That yeah. not get you fired up. It totally does. Know? It totally does. Yeah. And what's even more exhilarating is all these little snippets I found as I investigated the song One Vision yeah. by Queen. Oh, Queen, just the whole history of Queen is ripe for like, wow. Yeah. Facts, now, you know? I used to say, being a, 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 a trivia geek, yeah. you know, name three movie, three major movies that Queen did the soundtrack for. Yeah. And I would include um, Iron Eagle, which mm-hmm. the song appears in as one of them, but that was really it. They just did that one title track. Yeah. Of course, the other two big bangers making them the go-to for sci-fi movie soundtracks yeah. would have been Flash Gordon yep. and Highlander. Yep. But wait, there's more. Well, it was funny because <laughs> like, both of those movies, not, a partic- not, not, not Oscar-worthy cinema gems. Well, I, uh, Almost to the point where the soundtrack stands out much more than the movie does. You in know? a way. But see, Highlander went on to have the, the TV series, multiple sequels. This is true. This so is true. I, I hear you and mostly agree with you. I mean, Flash Gordon, look, lightning in a bottle, horrible movie, so campy. Yeah, but, but fun. Just, just yes, fun. Escapism. Know? Yeah. You know, Highlander, once they had the TV series and really fleshed it out, yeah. was such a great concept. You yeah. know, and I'm sure because Hollywood loves to reboot shit. It does. I, I saw the other day they're rebooting The Exorcist. Oh, like, no. why would you bother? You I know? know. How could you hope to? Like, and it's supposed to be releasing in like the next four or five months. So, really? Yeah, so wow. get ready. Okay. But not to get off topic, um, here's two really interesting snippets. First of all, about this song in particular, One Vision. Yes. Um, it was done by uh, Out of Queen. Really, the drummer wrote the song, presented it to them, and that everything. Was which, Roger Taylor? Yes. Yeah. Who didn't do a lot, you know, but boom, this yeah. was his brainchild. And it's actually lyric wise inspired by the achievements of Martin Luther King, which makes wow. it kind of topical since here we are mid January, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, did not know that. Dug a little further because okay. one of my interns many moons ago had told me <laughs> that this song was used in the animated Transformers movie from about 1985. Right. And I always believed him. Did my research, found out that he was wrong. That's probably why his ass was a fucking intern. <laughs> Pardon my French. Oops. If I could go back in time, I would fire him. Yes. Uh, but here's an interesting snippet according to the Internet Movie Database. Okay. Queen songs, either by the whole soundtrack or just several selections or even one selection. Yeah. Queen songs have appeared in no less than 94 motion pictures. Wow. Distributed worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Just damn. Da- yeah. Damn is you know, right. Major market ones, small market ones, but all universally, you know, released and whatnot. You know, it's rare that you're going to dig up a factoid that's going to make <laughs> you go, wow. <laughs> right. Damn. But that's one of them. Holy that's shit. That's one you can tell your friends at the water cooler tomorrow. Seriously, man. Wow. 94? That's a lot of 94. Wow. It's a lot of movies. And that's a nod to. Queen. Yeah. You know? Just universally loved yes. and, and able to get, you know, put into because their stuff it, it never it never sounded the same. It never like was about the same topic in yep. any way, shape, or form. They were all yep. over the place. Yeah. Really musicians at their finest. That's all I gotta indeed, say. Indeed, indeed. Wow. So and we played that yes. because moving into the subtopic, we, we have something. an agenda. Yeah. So yes. suffice to say we needed something just uplifting and looking forward to the big blue yonder. Yes. Over to you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're talking detente in space, you know, and it it is really, it is positive and it is encouraging that despite what's going on down here in terra firma, um, we seem to have a situation in space where all of this bullshit that we go through down here, all the politics and whatnot, is superseded, is risen above Mm -hmm. by comradeship and camaraderie and, and mutual uh, beneficial aims and goals that should inspire everybody else down here. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking about the mutual efforts that go into the International Space Station and the multitude of countries that are involved in it. This is a big problem in the Russian space station. That completely, like I said, supersede the, the political crap. You know, and the, what's going on in the Ukraine and whatnot. Right. Um, and it is truly inspiring. And uh, unfortunately, it might, be, might not be long for this world. But we gotta, we got to savor it while it lasts and hopefully take a good example and try, if we can, hmm. to maintain it moving forward. And, of course, we're talking about the international uh, partnerships that go on with 
the International Space Station. Right. A uh, lot of different governments involved, not uh, limited to, of course, the European Space Agency, Japan, the U.S., Canada, uh, and, of course, the Russians. Right. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why this happens. Um, one of the most obvious is that the International Space Station is split into two sections, uh, the U.S. orbital section and the Russia orbital section. Uh, the U.S. orbital section, uh, they maintain electricity and life support on the mm -hmm. International Space Station. The Russians keep the thing orbiting, right? right? In fact, keep it up there, keep it from crashing to Earth. And if I could throw a real-life um, comparison in, yes. in, in there, yes. um, as, as two able-bodied young men, we, we did our tour of duty back in the day yes. with, I'm sure, a myriad of roommates right <laughs> in the old flat or the townhouse or Indeed. the apartment or whatever. Indeed. And there was always a divvying up of, well, you pay for this and I pay for that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And rarely did it ever work out. Somebody's always paying more or somebody drops their ball. What do you mean we have no cable, you know, and a massive <laughs> fight ensues? Right. I can only imagine what things are like on the, base, <laughs> on the space station. Like, bro, did, did you get that delivery of oxygen that we were supposed to get? Uh, I am waiting for approval from proletariat. <laughs> what? What? No, no. We, dude, we keep going over this. We need oxygen to survive. Yes. But do you have fuel for potential reentry? Uh, well, no. But I, I, I called NASA, and they're going to get back to me. Yeah, the, yeah. They're going to call me back. And the mayhem ensues. Indeed. But it is now. In seriousness, it's it's uh, a, a trope that everybody's aware of now that you've always got that multinational presence. Yeah. And even in movies, it's been something that's been, you know, laid into a lot of different sci-fi. I think in these circumstances, the best version of it was from the sequel to 2001. I guess it okay. was 2010. Yeah. When they, Roy Scheider was in that. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they had the Russian crews and the American crews. Yep. And meanwhile, on Earth, everything's kind of going to shit. And yep. Russia's, they got a breakaway republic. There's a threat of war. Yeah. And yet they want it to be business as usual on a space station and there always seems to be this spirit of camaraderie in space. Yep. Once you break the stratosphere, okay, or the surly bonds of Earth, as Ronald Reagan once said, Indeed. that people just kind of get along out of, out of practicality. They yeah. leave all their BS behind. Yep. And it's amazing, not to get preachy, but if, if people on Earth could just adopt that philosophy yeah. instead of just consistently out of sight, out of mind, writing off half the planet as not worth their time yeah. or going to take whatever their, their neighbor's lands or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. There's just, and, and I want to see somebody study that effect yeah. of, you know, and, and maybe do it on a small scale on earth because the space is the same as the deep sea. Sure. You run into the same problems. You get yeah. a, a tiny yeah. leak or something, boom, you're dead. Oh yeah. Well, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, when you escape the well of gravity of the planet, you know, when you find yourself in space, it kind of uh, clarifies your priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get to uh, indulge yourself in the uh, the geopolitical bullshit that goes right. on down here. Yeah, when you're worried you know? about survival, you don't get offended when somebody's wearing the same prom dress. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, they get up there and the priorities, the real priorities, the legitimate priorities become clear. Right. And you you separate yourself from the bullshit, mm -hmm. you know, again. Uh, and a great example of this happened just this past December. Uh, there was a coolant link, a uh, coolant leak, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, apparently that threatened the lives of the guys on the International Space Station. Um, Russia and U.S. astronauts collaborated to solve the problem, which prompted the head of the Russian Space Agency... Um, to make a statement, mm -hmm. and it was a statement that that I think people should really pay more attention to than they probably have. Uh, according to the head of the Russian space uh, space agency, uh, it's called Roscosmos, which is I kind of I kind of like that. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like an eighty zero trashy wave band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the statement he made, you know, highlighted the um, efforts of the American astronauts to solve the problem, and he said. Uh, uh, in regards to these guys and what they did, you set an example of how to work together in the most challenging and difficult situations. Uh, let many politicians learn from you. 
Mm. And I thought that was that was an interesting statement to make. Um, this was made by a guy uh, in July of last year. Uh, Vladimir Putin uh, dismissed the Roscosmos head, uh, a guy by the name of Dmitry Rogozian, uh, who was known for making inflammatory and bellicose statements, um, outbursts, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, very quietly, uh, Vladi dismissed him, is how it was, it was worded. Right. And replaced him with somebody who is known uh, for his self-control mm -hmm. and for his statesmanlike demeanor. And he was the guy who made this particular statement. So despite what's going on you know, here with, with our proxy war, because that's what it is, mm -hmm. with the Ukraine and uh, their involvement, our involvement, this guy kind of took a step above all of that and said, hey, look at this. And maybe you know, people should kind of set an example right. or kind of follow the example. And it's, it's unfortunate because it looks like this whole scenario is deteriorating. Now, just to, to give it a little framework, um, the International Space Station uh, involves collaborations from the U.S., Canada, Japan, the European Space Agency, and Russia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we were just saying, as far as, like, what the responsibilities are up there, the U.S. is responsible for electricity and life support. The Russians are responsible for keeping the damn thing in the air and keeping it from crashing to Earth. Right. And somehow, you know, when we take off... You know, all the bullshit, all the political stuff is left behind. Um, there's a lot of reasons for this. A good example is from 2006 to 2020, NASA paid Russian, paid Russia an average of $56 million a seat to take 71 different astronauts up to the International Space Station. Unfortunately, that's been a little bit superseded by SpaceX. Mm. You know, when SpaceX entered the situation, uh, Russia's monopoly on crewed flights to the ISS... Uh, kind of stopped, kind of ended, which is a shame. You know, right, it really right. is. Um, and that un unfortunately is probably going to be an invariable offshoot of the whole privatization of, of the space race. Very much so. Is that no longer will we see the uh, you know the in good faith exchange in that way with, with space agencies? Yeah, to kind of maybe always be that thing that could potentially put a lid on whatever beef these countries are having on, on Earth, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like that option for an interstellar olive branch is not going to be there anymore because somebody's there doing it for a buck, Yeah, you know? Yeah, quite literally. Unfortunately, Russia did recently confirm plans to leave the ISS after 2024 in favor of creating their own orbital space station. They ain't got the money. Well, that's the funny thing, is according to quote-unquote experts on the situation, uh, it could take at least a decade or more to build mm. said space station. And under the current situation, sanctions, you know, against Russia for what's going on with the Ukraine kind of makes this an unrealistic expectation. Right. You know? Have you ever seen uh, uh, pictures or, or news clippings of the Russian space shuttle? No. Ironically, it looks exactly like the American Space Shuttle. <laughs> However, it, it never flew. It mm. obviously never went into outer space. Right. And there are many that think it was just like an empty shell that they would cart around for photo ops and whatnot. But yeah, it looks exactly like our Space Shuttle. That's kind of funny. You know, I, I, I miss the, the, the days of the Soviet Union when the, the biggest thing they wanted to steal from us was your American-style blue jeans. Yeah. But... I, I can't understate the fact, like I mentioned earlier, that you know the 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 opportunities for cooperation yeah. and detente and peace and really just moving mankind forward yeah. that comes with your major powers working together towards shit, anything. Yeah. You know, I don't care if they're growing fungus in space, pigs in space, whatever they're doing <laughs> up in space, do it together, and yeah, we can only all benefit from it. Well, what they do is they create. They create the scenario where it is possible. Right. You know, we can supersede all this bullshit going on down here. You know, all the petty any politics and whatnot are involved. Mm -hmm. And we can all reach towards a higher goal. Right. You know? Now, I've made no secret that I, frankly, you know, do whatever you want on the moon because that's already a done deal. <laughs> yeah, really. But I don't want us going to Mars. I don't want Earthlings going to Mars because, you know what? They're going to shit the place up. It's going to be just another example. Look, yeah. they destroyed this planet for however many thousands of years we've been, we've been on, the, on the surface. Right. 
They're going to do the same thing wherever they go. You know it's true, because human nature is never going to change. There's no doubt that there is that very real possibility. Right. And I mean, as, as Star Trekian as this is, <laughs> with all these countries working together, and uh, face it, that's why we love it, because it's like, oh, it's a brighter vision of the future. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love the Star Trek mythos. Sure. Is that, you know, there is a time, apparently, in the future where we supersede materialism mm-hmm. and capitalism and we go for the greater good. Right. You know, it is Star Trek is unique in their mythology. They're the only, you know, futuristic mythology that uh, ascribes to that positive view of the future. Right. And naive as that might be, coming from clearly a Marvel, <laughs> a Marvel fan at that, um, <laughs> I, I too will extol the virtues of that. I just think it's it's a it's a position now clearly that's untenable. Yeah. Because people, you know, like you often reference from from Men in Black, you know, people who are reasonable. You know, but, or a person is reasonable, but a mob or whatever, they're not. Yeah. And, and especially when you bring in nationalism and all those other uh, nonsense. It, it overcomplicates things. It right. truly does. And unfortunately, you know, per your vision of the future, <laughs> uh, the European Space Agency and Russia had a little pissing contest just recently, mm-hmm. courtesy of, you know, geopolitical bullshit. And, uh, the European Space Agency pulled out of a collaborative effort with the Russians on sending a rover to Mars. Right. You know, and the Russians responded by saying, well, when we're up there now, the space station, we're not going to use European Space Agency technology. Right. You know, and it's kind of, I don't know, if I was, you know, one of these guys, one of these astronauts, and I was up there, you know, my perspective would be, oh, please. Mm -hmm. You know, with your bullshit politics, you know, your fucking this up for all of us, you know? Really, do we have to do this? Can we not aspire to, you know, a higher vision, a higher goal, Mm -hmm. you know? Really, can we not supersede this garbage? Well, lastly, before we head into our third gem, um, mysteriously absent now from the race to Mars (laughs) uh, was one of the also-rans at the time, like it's a dog race, Uh, the, the mighty country of India. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, they, they disappeared off the map. You yeah. know, first they were supposed to mass produce some ugly-ass car that they were doing, which made the Yugo look like a Corvette. <laughs> and I guess this was going to finance this whole thing. Wow. And at the time I heard it, I was like, you can't feed your own people, and you're looking at Mars? Yeah. Stop it. And weren't you telling <laughs> me about something that China was, like, angling to position themselves as far as, like, the moon is concerned? Well, yeah. The, 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 the fear is, through our State Department, right. God knows if they even know what's going on. Yeah. Joe Biden. Um, they were saying that that China is looking for some moon missions, which they've kind of gotten the hint that they're looking at those areas, which at one point, everyone's certain that they had water um, and might still have water beneath the surface. So their fear is now China is going to launch uh, lunar missions and claim those particular regions for China, which is is a big bugaboo. Now, granted... We stuck our flag on the moon just because we didn't have a hydrant big enough to pee on in the 60s. <laughs> but it kind of says, yeah, the moon belongs to everybody, but we were here first. And from that, a perpetuity, you can suck it. Right. China, however, wants that dust. Yeah. <laughs> Those moon rocks and yeah. that dust. So, yeah, I think yeah. I seem to recall uh, that Tom Hanks series he did for HBO from the Earth to the Moon. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole push to get to the moon before anybody else, particularly Russia, I think it encapsulated uh, uh, a Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, quote where he said something along the lines of not wanting to look up in the sky every night and see a quote-unquote red moon. Right, right. You know, can't we rise above this shit? You would I think. Mean, leave it to China, yep. you know, to jump in and screw it all up, right. you know, with their ambitions and their, their you know, uniquely and look, it, it's not just the most goals. popular surname in Korea. Moon belongs to all of us. yeah. And that's what they should do. So on that note, let's bail out. Let's do this. Leave everybody to their own devices yes. and talk gems. I like that. What do you got? Uh, this was a Johnny call, actually. <gasps> and this was, this was <laughs> we, folks, just so you know, we really debate, we really go back and forth um, with our gems every week. We do. You know, we, we contemplate a number of different possibilities. Uh, but every once in a while, one of us will come up with a slam dunk gem. <laughs> One of those things where it just cannot de- be debated. It's like, yes, boom, done. And that came from you. I just thought it was a nice song. This, this, <laughs> this was a Johnny selection. But yeah, in my opinion, and 
and in my uh, informed uh, view of the topic and the connection between the gems and the topic, this was an unmitigated slam dunk. And I was thoroughly, thoroughly thrilled with this call. Thank you, Johnny. We're going to go with Muse, and we're going to go with Supermassive Black Hole. Wow, let's hope the hype lives up to the long title, huh? Indeed. All right, folks, enjoy this, and we'll be right back with some more things. Muse gem, wasn't it? That was nice. That was nice. Yeah, powerful tune. Long, long time coming. I gotta say, um, that was the uh, the first single from the band's fourth album, Black Holes and Revelations, uh, that hit the ground in June of 2006. And uh, the song was written by Muse lead vocals, guitarist, and principal songwriter Matt Bellamy. And uh, at the time of the release, and granted, this was a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, he called it the most different to anything we've ever done. And it was described simultaneously as alt-rock, dance-rock, and funk-rock, which, if you remember, at the time, 2006, it was very, very different Mm -hmm. than what songs were popular at that time. And uh, ironically enough, I had, at that point in time, kind of tuned out to popular music, stumbled across it watching the uh, goofy teen romance vampire film Twilight. Uh, Don't ask me what I was doing watching that film. Who knows what possessed you? Story for a different day. <laughs> but uh, in the baseball sequence, when they busted that, it was like, 
who are these guys? I got to dial these guys up, check them out. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, very impressed, uh, have been impressed. And, you know, since then with the music that they have released post Black Hole, uh, I am impressed. They are they're a formidable power trio. They truly right. are. And, Maybe we'll uh, hear more from them in the coming years. Yes, and I'm glad we we got a chance to weave them into our uh, our. It's it's I think esteemed company, uh, a gem oh, yeah. for uh, riffs and rants. So, yeah, clearly. There you go. It's a still somewhat of a um, small club. <laughs> really? Amongst what? I don't know, the population of China? That's uh, a small number. Yeah, well, you think about it. We're at what? This is episode 138? 137. 137? With an average of three gems per show. Three that gems per show, and we do not repeat gems. We do not. We try not we to. We try not to. So this is a category, yeah, a very limited 300-band category, and uh, we're, we're pleased to welcome Muse to the party. Bingo. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So what do we got coming up in uh, in Big Boom Radio uh, this week, Johnny? Well, it's funny you should ask. Um, oh, shit. Here it comes. Yeah. I mean, look, business as usual <laughs> on this particular telecast. However, okay. in, the, in the greater scheme of things, yes. Um, in terms of Big Boom Radio and the personalities employed therein. And there are one or two. One or two. You, sir. Oh, boy. Have taken the um, momentous slash cataclysmic uh, step. Here it comes. Wait, I think I got a Ben Kenobi quote for this. That's good. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> um, ah. And your larger world yes. is uh, the world of social media. Indeed. Which you normally rail against. Disdain, just a bit. Yes, even yes, better. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so now you can be found on Facebook, and I would implore all of our Holy listeners yikes. to friend you. Here it comes. He's so delightful, folks, really. I have jumped into the pool. Why don't you jump on the team and come on in for the big win? And we, we, we got you on last week, and uh, you, you haven't done anything with it yet. <laughs> and that, that, that's, for me, that's a source of irritation. Well, I'm kind of kind of trying to figure out how to work it into the routine, working in the daily routine. And right. yeah, it is a kind of, uh, it's an experiment. Right. It, it truly is. Now, to, to flesh it out further, using another great cliche, yes. um, uh, if people want to know our individual work habits, yep. it could best be summed up in the fable of the tortoise and the hare. Okay. Hello, old timer. <laughs> I, of course, being the hare, because I have the attention squared. <laughs> Span of a squirrel on crack. All right. And I like act on everything. Yes. And that's why I never sleep. You, however, are more methodical and you tend to put your, your attention span on only those uh, topics which you deem worthy. Clean living, friend. Clean living. Uh, In this yeah. case, now it's going to be social media. So Guilty I anticipate your first charged. meme getting posted on there like within 30 days, <laughs> God willing, you know. <laughs> I mean, folks, he, he's got a, a profile pic, and he's got his little cover pic, which is, of course, the radio station. Yes. So, okay, that's baby steps. <laughs> I, I get it. But please, bombard his box with friend requests so he has to pay attention to it, mm. and then we can start having some fun. I would be lying if I didn't say <laughs> that, uh, that, that my slow appropriation of this into my, my daily routine is driving Johnny Teflon nuts. I've been enjoying yeah, it. I, I truly have. I have. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's God knows I've thrown enough rocks at Mark Zuckerberg and, uh -huh. and social media in general, and uh, you know it, it was a curiosity to me. And I will say I did allow Johnny Teflon to talk me into this um, <laughs> because I had really no intentions at the start of the year to go down this road. But uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm kind of curious as to what the experience will be like. Yep, and uh, I'm I'm willing to take a dip in the pool. And see what happens. Good. You know? Very, Good very know. curious. So, so, yeah. So, we got that going on. And it's very easy to find him on Facebook. Uh, it's the whole three-name thing. Michael, Sean. <laughs> that's S-E-A-N, Lee. Indeed. And you'll see his cover pick is a little thing for the Riffs and Rants podcast. Of so course it is. Of course it is. And then another fun news. Right. Uh, we've scheduled at least our first... Uh, concert for the summer season. Yes, we are. I don't even know why this act is even appearing out here in the sticks. Yeah, but we're going to see Reverend Horton Heat. That's going to be some fun. with the opening band. I think it's a Delta Bomber. So it's a, it's going to be a What's good the date old fashioned on that again? July seventh. I think I want to say. Here we are in the ass end of the whole 
like year in yeah. January, you know, early January in New England, folks, is shoot yourself in the head time. Yeah. It's drink heavily it's and get into it <laughs> and get through it any way you can. So anything that we're posting up in July, that looks like just, you know, rainbows and sunshine and yeah. just, oh, that's going to be fun. So, yeah, totally looking forward to it. We're totally going to be just polluted because oh god yeah we're that. gonna redefine polluted that um way. you know i'll be in perfect disguise as as a, a patron of the rockabilly arts <laughs> <laughs> my co-pilot doesn't even know what that means but he'll learn it's gonna be an he night, will folks. learn it's gonna well, be, it's gonna a be a, just a, a a damn good time so looking forward to it so uh and that's about it now to lead us out yet again uh that fourth gem yep why don't you tell them why and first let me just say folks we keep saying it's not going to be a regular thing. Yes. And it's not, but unfortunately, pillars of rock and roll keep dying. You know, that's the problem, is these icons of, you know, music and pop culture and whatnot keep dropping on us. And it seems like it's, it's happening with a greater frequency yes. right now. And it's, it's, it's disturbing. But there are people, like last week with Jeff Beck, we have to acknowledge their contribution. We have to acknowledge their artistry. And unfortunately, we've lost another one this week. And of course, we're referring to David Crosby, mm -hmm. uh, late of The Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. And uh, David was a truly, truly unique personality. He was not the prototypical hippie by any stretch. If, uh, if anybody's read either one of his books, you'll be aware of this. Um, I personally love the fact that he was an acerbic personality. You know, you can tell a lot. Uh, about a person by the people he pissed off or she pissed off. And as far as I'm concerned, David pissed well, off that's, all that's the right true. people. Well, that's true. Then I would be the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check in with the Catholic Church on that, <laughs> but that may be coming soon, folks. Uh, and needless to say, given the volume of, of remarkable material that David uh, contributed, writ, wrote himself or wrote in collaboration with you know, the amazing lineup that was Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You know, mm. Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, Neil Young, you know, on occasion. Um, you know, there was some, some study and some consternation and some great debate as to what we wanted to do mm -hmm. uh, to give a nod to David and acknowledge his passing. And uh, we came to a mutual agreement after, after a great bit of discussion and whatnot that we're going to do Long Time Gone. And according to David Crosby himself, the song was written the night that Bobby Kennedy was assassinated in 1968. And it really does encapsulate the conflict and the disillusion being felt at the time by that generation of kids. Uh, 1968, you know, for historians, is one of the most turbulent years in American history. And, you know, we both think that this really, really does encapsulate what was going on at the time. Uh, it was released in 1969 on the Crosby, Stills, and Nash album of the same name, a monumental, monumental piece of music. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to cap off tonight with this. All right. Uh, this is Long Time Gone, folks. And uh, David Crosby, rest in peace. All right. We're going to let this one take us out. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you on the flip side.
Oh. 